Hey folks, we are here. New Radio Media, Real Estate Realities. This is Dylan Tanaka with my broadcast partner, David Sobel, also known as The Genius. That's uh, always very nice. I always love coming to, into the office on Saturday and just hearing that, and now I can leave, right? Well, it's, uh, Good to be here. it's, it's a well-deserved nickname, as yeah. they say. You know, we talk about stop trapping and rolling. We, you and I had a deal earlier this week yes. that you called me on, and uh, we won't go into too much details. But that's truly stop trapping and rolling, right? Oh, sure. That's like the business of wholesaling that we're going to talk about today. It's a uh, it, it's a hairy business, and um, in in this seller's market, you've mm. uh, you've really got to know what you're doing. So, so we're going to talk about that pretty much most of the hour, right? Yeah, you know, I think we'll bounce questions. bounce some ideas back and forth. Look at the the legal side, the mm. business side, mm. and maybe the uh, the street gritty investor side right street smart book smart that's what it is yeah. so that's about wholesaling so thanks for joining Correct. us today and um but before we get into that yeah. we always talk about like you know uh stories and and news uh what's happening items out there. that are going on in the past week what kind of struck your uh well the attention? you know the whole uh, death of aretha franklin yeah, i was, was out of cute. town so i missed a little bit of the pomp and circumstance uh-huh. on on regular news channels here in detroit but um you know, I think you can speak on a little bit about some of the stories that have come out. Oh, well, I mean, everybody's talking about that part. I mean, she was phenomenal, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, but she she failed in one area, apparently, because the news just grabbed it, uh, grabbed hold of the fact that she mm-hmm. passed without a will or a trust. So, so I guess in 30 mm-hmm. seconds, break that down. If you're a, I'm assuming she was a multimillionaire, maybe yeah, a she, decamillionaire. They said that she, she was, she had a value of around uh, net worth of around $80 million. Oh, so she was yeah, a high decamillionaire. Yeah. So how, how does that work? Well, typically? you know, there are state taxes over and above uh, $10 million. Okay. So uh, depending, I'm not an estate uh, tax attorney and they're again uh, getting to specialties with attorneys there sure every attorney has a different area of expertise but you know 80 million bucks um you know she owes approximately 30 to 40 million dollars worth of taxes to the federal government Ooh. now you can you again the amount owed i'm not a state uh, tax attorney but you can uh protect yourself as a multi-millionaire in how much you pay the government by having insurance, buying life insurance um, to, to pay the tax when you pass. Sure. Um, you can put things in different trust or family trust. So there's a lot of vehicles and... and so you're um, talking like 50%. It's almost 50%. And how much of that could she have sidestepped? Again, Again I, it's hard to t- say exactly, yeah. but maybe 25% of that? Would that be a well? If fair she if she guess? funded, you know, she could have funded the estate tax that she owes to the federal government uh, with life insurance. This sure. is not the type of show that I would want to get into it because no, no. honestly, you know, anything I deal with when it comes to people's death uh, for for uh, legal purposes is going to be with related to real estate. So right. most people call me when they haven't put their property in a trust. Um, they haven't. Um, they have the wrong deed that's called titling issues. Uh, so everything I get involved with when there's a death, a probate matter, is going to be related Title to real. Issues. It's going to be related to real estate, and it's how a deed was done incorrectly, or how they didn't um, they didn't um, uh, convey the property over to sure. a trust. So they can dispose of it if that's, if that's what the trust right. or the estate cho- chooses to do. Yeah, I mean it's pretty sad. I mean you know, people don't realize. Uh, you know, I don't want to make this show again about probate and real estate. Right trust, et cetera, but people don't realize you do not need to be a multimillionaire or a celebrity like Aretha Franklin to have a will and a trust. I, I will share with you that if you, you know, it's funny, in Michigan, I, I think uh, there are more, it's one of the highest states uh, where people are licensed to carry a gun. 
Hmm. One of. So here we have personal protection. Are, and, yeah, NRA uh, members, etc. We won't get into the politics of it all. But if you're so concerned about the government taking away your guns. Why don't you have a will or a trust? Because there you're going to owe the government money to. You, so, you can buy a lot of guns with $80 million. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, that, you know, but people don't have wills. They don't protect themselves from going through a government process such as probate. So part of that's, I think, just an education, David. You know, I'm involved with Winning Futures. You've known that right, for a long sure. time. Um, high school mentoring. Uh, it's a, it's a um, curriculum-based uh, a lot of it was built off of EOS, which is an entrepreneurial operating system, a book um, called Traction, written by Gino Wickman. Anyone who's listening yeah. should read all of Wickman's books and look into EOS. It's pretty amazing. Um, but getting getting the kids, I call them kids because they're still you know still in high school or right. younger, getting the kids to understand some of this. This is a little bit about what we touch on. This is a little higher level in winning right. futures, but we're not taught this as, as kids in school or as Americans, and we don't learn it in college even. Right. So I don't know why that reason is. We probably can't get into it today. But for those who are listening, you entrepreneurs out there, teach your kids. And if you mm. don't know the answer, set them Look down with up, an attorney. Yeah, or, right. Spend a couple hundred dollars or go to a big uh, seminar you know, yeah. the, to teach you how to take care of your estate. It's very important. You lived your whole life and built all this. Sure. And then you're going to give away 50% because you're lazy. But you remember, it's a, it's, the threshold is like $10 million. You're exempt up to $10 million. Don't all entrepreneurs have over $10 million when <laughs> right. they pass? But you know what? Even even when you don't have $10 million or more, let, listen, even if you have a million, whatever you worked for, even if you have a half million, sure. whatever you worked for, if you don't do it properly, I can tell you every month I'll have people come in who, you know, their their parent has passed. And the property, you know, siblings are fighting over a house because mm-hmm. the, the parent did not, um, you know, put anybody on the deed or did not put it in the will. Sure. And so it, it leaves a lot of consternation and definitely a lot of, uh, there's, a, there's a German word, source, a lot of pain yeah, and, a lot and of heartache. Right. We know all about it. <laughs> yeah, source. So, you know, long and short, have a will. I mean, it, it, this is August. August is will month uh, in somebody's world. I think it's uh, LegalZoom's world. They right. sell wills. I mean, you know, you can get a simple will or you can have an attorney do a simple will. Well, you most guys people do don't estate have simple... planning out of your office, right? You yeah, have an attorney we, I have an in, attorney uh, okay. who I work with, and he does pretty much almost all the back work for the estate plan. Understood. Uh, but they, you, people usually come in with, a, of course, a real estate issue, and then we clean up. You uh, start unraveling their, their onion. Right. We, that's right. It's like you're peeling an onion. Right. And so we put them on a, you know, we give them a, an estate plan. An estate plan is a will. It's a trust. And most importantly, a durable power of attorney and a medical, you know, sure. durable Very power, important. power of attorney. So those are really important. And people don't really think about it. It's easy to dismiss until guess what? You need it. Oh. Or you missed it. Sure. Or an accident, God mm-hmm. forbid, happens. Right. So, we, I mean, we, but that whole story with Aretha Franklin is so, you know, people actually leave more money and take care of their pets. Right. But I, I've, I've seen those wills, you know, that, that uh, family members can test. There's That's a pretty amazing. famous case out of California, like a bulldog was left like 20 million bucks and all the kids were <laughs> left out. <laughs> Something like that. It's been a while. But it really raises your eyebrows, right? Sure. So... So for those listening, this mm-hmm. isn't a, a, a plug. We don't no. really do that. But go to no. www.provenresource.com, and uh, you can get in touch with yeah. someone in David's office if you do have estate questions because sure. this is part of why we do the show. We like to educate people. If you're a self-employed individual, a lot of our listeners and, and, and viewers are sure. entrepreneurs. You know, It's part of your job you know, every day to protect your assets. 
Because that's what you're working for so hard every day. Even if you're not going to give them to your kids, one of my goals, I'm, I don't have it <laughs> is all Is to give it to yet. Dylan Tanaka. <laughs> no, is, uh, it, you know, I, I want to make so much money that in the end, whether it's through a foundation or who I choose to give it to, whether it's underprivileged kids or whatever whatever that is in the end, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm part of a couple different nonprofits. We even co-founded one um, with one of my investors mm-hmm. and... Uh, one of my attorneys who actually does some work with you, Noel Ravenscroft. Yeah, uh-huh. So um, I, I'm the secretary, so I have to do all the hard work. But, yeah. uh, you know, to me it's really important because w- if you're here, for us as entrepreneurs, we're here on this earth, we create, and mm-hmm. we want to create income, and we probably won't need it all, hopefully, when we get to the $10 million mark, which mm-hmm. some of us in the room may be. Um, but then you get to give it away how you see fit versus having Uncle Sam go in there and rip it right. out of there and just take it. Right. And, there, and you can do LLCs. I mean, there's so many different mm-hmm. uh, vehicles to, for good estate planning. But um, let's move on yeah. a little bit. I, I mean, I, today's topic, I think, was wholesaling properties, sure. right? Which is such an interesting concept for people who don't do real estate right. investment, right? Then they go, what, you do what? So what is wholesaling? So basically what wholesaling is, <clears throat> sorry, there's, uh, there's two definitions that, that most people go by. You can either assign a contract. We'll have David maybe break some of these down uh, more eloquently than myself, but you can find a seller, you can get them to agree to a certain price for the home on on a contract. There's multiple different types of contracts you can use. You can then find someone who wants to buy that property from you Hmm. for usually more than what you put it under contract for, Mm -hmm. and you essentially can make the money in the middle, as they say. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, it's, it's a very delicate transaction because the seller needs to understand what you're going to do. The buyer needs to understand what you're doing. And you still have to be able to find an undervalued asset, which someone's willing to pay a little bit more for than you. And uh, just to share with you, the, the last week I spent some time out down in Texas specifically talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was part of the Investor Fuel Mastermind. There's a gentleman named Mike Hambright who, uh, who puts this on. And for those of the folks who are listening that don't know what a mastermind is, basically it's a group of guys and gals like us, we sit around, we share some of our, our business troubles, some of our victories, and we all try to come together and help each other get to the next level if that's what our goal is. So I got to stand in front of uh, you know, 50 or 100 different investors, let them know what I was doing, where I was winning, where I maybe wasn't winning enough, mm-hmm. and uh, they gave me a bunch of great ideas. Mm-hmm. So. But they're not so nice about it all the time, right? No, I, mean, I, I told them. I said, right. listen, I want you guys to kick me and beat me they up. They kind of beat you <laughs> up, right? But that's the whole idea. You're paying for that. You are. And uh, it's a little different when you're from Detroit because I meet these folks all over the nation. I have some great friends, a guy named Greg Hellbeck. He started in, in New York. Now he's living in California. He flips houses in Texas. He never sees them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I spent some time with uh, the guys who run the, the Carrot websites and all the investors that help you wholesale know about Trevor Mock, Mock and um, Adrian Nez and... Uh, what you learn from these guys, j- just specifically um, about real estate investing as a whole and then getting deeper just into wholesaling is amazing. And uh, you kind of let them pick on you. And mm-hmm. that's the goal. And like I said, when I meet these people from around the country, for you Detroit listeners and watchers, mm-hmm. we, we're a little tough here. we got a little bit of an edge. Maybe not as tough as New York, but mm-hmm. I think we're tougher than the Chicago people too. And, uh, you know, they speak a little bit slower down south, and, right. and uh, you, you're kind of waiting for them to get it out. Yeah, don't let that disarm you. Oh, no. I, I, I think they're all very savvy, but... Uh, so, so we did talk a lot about the, the wholesaling, and that, that today really is, is our main topic. So um, I guess my question back to you as a, as a, a real estate attorney, David, mm-hmm. you know, what, a lot of people think wholesaling is illegal. So can you touch on that? It, you know what? I, you want honesty. It's not that it's illegal. A lot of people who are anti-profit will say, gosh, you know, you're, take, you're out there taking advantage of sure. 
people. Even, even title companies. I mean, I hate to say that. I mean, it's it's that's the impression. That doesn't mean uh, it's true. You're you're actually performing. I call it economic Darwinism. You know, sure. there's something that. The property is not being used for its highest and best use, or it's it's just a dog property, and you're just finding what you know the lowest value. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're finding somebody who is motivated to sell at that that price, and you have to be skilled at finding those deals. Absolutely. And so, uh, the, well, the the problem with what you're saying with the title companies and how they view it is because. You're actually flipping that property. Usually, a wholesaler is not only just buying it low and finding uh, an uh, uh, end user relatively quickly. Sure, they're actually doing it within like a week to Simul- two weeks, kind of or simultaneously. simultaneously. And so, those are like those simultaneous closings. A lot of you know lenders and in title companies they frown on that because boy, you're making you're turning a quick profit. That's kind of the way I look at right. it. It's but there's little, nothing wrong with profit, right? No, a little bit of envy. And um, sometimes yeah. the folks aren't even super motivated. One of the last deals that I that I dealt with, and yeah. you had a, a little bit of a part in there, was um, some uh, some folks ended up moving out. You know, they were moving on to the retirement home, mm-hmm. and um, their house wasn't being taken care of, mm-hmm. and, and it was just time. You know, the weeds were overgrown. They didn't know what to do. And to mm-hmm. sell at retail, there were some issues that wouldn't allow the home to be mortgaged. That's what a lot of folks don't understand is wholesaling – most in real estate investors is a cash on cash transaction, mm-hmm. so there isn't as much as many governing bodies looking at that, um, you know, to to stop it from happening, especially from the mortgage standpoint. Right. Well, there's a lot of hair on these deals too, right? And you kind of my you, favorite saying, right? Uh, and and you you actually identified one of the biggest problems, and that is when you're doing these deals, uh, a wholesaler like yourself is coming in rather rather quickly because deals most people are motivated to get it done quickly. Sure. So they they kind of push it through to a title company. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying in general. The title company, most t- good title companies, the agents want things to go smoothly. Of now, course. In, in generally, and, in real and estate. Easy. Right. And generally, real estate uh, transactions, even if they're a conventional type of tr- or you know, a traditional transaction, there's always a little hair there, too. There's always there's some, some hiccups. Right. And then when somebody like yourself comes in, again, a wholesaler, they're kind of pushing it fast. And the title company is usually on the brunt end of, you know, trying to clean up a lot of issues sure. in a very short period of time. And they don't really like it, you know, unless you're doing a lot of them. Right. You're disrupting their whole business operation. Right. So if you find a good title agent who's, you know, who understands that, boy, every, not every deal, but almost, gosh, a large part of wholesaling is does have hair. And therefore, if I'm going to be a title agent closing these deals, I have to come to expect that we have to move fast, we have to close fast, we have to give great service still, and then we have a lot of cleanup afterwards. There's quite a bit of cleanup for the title company afterwards, right? Of course. Uh, so to me, that's what gives wholesaling a bad name. It's usually a rush transaction. but Or you have parties, the, the sellers are coming out of some type of funk they hate each other. They're right. siblings that, you know, they were fighting over a piece of property that, let's say, there was, you know, no will again. And we're talking about, you know, the best wholesales come from situations. And negative situations. I right. mean, they're not good. They're never positive. Um, you know, you shared with me, and we won't go into it too, too much, but you shared with me that somebody inherited a home, uh, tried to fix up the home on their own. And the home languished for quite a long time. Failed miserably. Not yeah. their fault. It's not their business. That's right. what we do as okay. real estate investors, right? Right. And what, what did you do? You found, you know, that's, 
you found a niche there that you could help them with, which was, hey, let me just get you out of this quickly again. And, um, and you know, you did. You got them out. Sure. But, yeah, were they happy to get some money? They still look back and go, gosh, I shouldn't have spent so much money. I lost money in building the property or remodeling the property. So, I don't know. It's never a positive. You're the you're the best thing as a wholesaler. Usually, if somebody's grasping onto your purchase agreement, you're the best thing that's happened to them. Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing the deal. The best and the worst uh, the worst days were when they purchased and sold their their you know property, especially if it's an investment property, and they weren't built for it. Right. Because so, they just jumped in head first. So when we get back, we're going to talk more about the mechanics of wholesaling. Yes. But in general, I just want to leave this before we we go to break, and that is wholesaling is no different than just buying a home. Uh, but you're buying it at a low price, and you're going to take a small profit sure. to be able to find an end user. Exactly. That's pretty much it. Who, who wants it at a high, you know, is willing to pay yeah. more than and you And we'll did. talk a little bit about when you actually buy it and resell it also, okay. which is, uh, I think we have a little bit more time, I okay. think. But, uh, so, um, yeah, I think another thing we want to touch on are the different documents that you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, every wholesaler is different. Every state is, you know, there's specifics that are different. Right. Uh, if you're allowed to do this, how many are allowed to do a year? Well, Those here we can right that... before we can give that answer real yeah. quickly. In in Michigan, it's five, right? Right. If you have to be a real estate agent, if you're doing over five, you have to be a licensed realtor or a real estate agent in Michigan. If you're, if you're doing, doing over more than five, five transactions, transactions as a principal, that's buying correct. and selling. And in one show, we talked about how one of my uh, somebody who became a client was uh, had wholesaled around 50 properties, and the state of Michigan came after them hard. So in one year. In one year. So, All right. Well, listen, this is right. Real Estate Realities, New Radio Media. We'll be back in a flash with more about how to wholesale houses. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. It's an entertainment channel on new radio media dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. Simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. Why are we here? What makes a person truly good? For those answers, you're going to have to take a philosophy class. But if you're more interested in who would win in a fight between R2-D2 and a Dalek, watch Get It to the Geeks on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. 
great commercial there. I, I love it. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Hey, so this is, uh, welcome back. This is Dave Sobel and Dylan Tanaka with Real Estate Realities and New Radio Media. And we were just finishing up a um, break. We were just talking about how do you distinguish uh, really wholesaling with house flipping. What's the difference? Yeah, I think we, we maybe we jumped in a little quick, which yeah. is what we do. But um, so, so wholesaling, like I, I tried to explain before I went off on a tangent, yeah. is technically putting someone under contract, mm-hmm. reselling that contract to a different buyer, and taking something out in the middle. Now, some wholesalers will also put someone under contract, buy the house at the title company, mm-hmm. turn around, resell the house, whether it's a minute, a day, or a week later, mm-hmm. do nothing. But again, that could be called wholesaling. Some folks call that flipping. Right. But I think you and I look at flipping as buying it, closing on it, fixing it, right. and then trying to sell it, like as you said, like for the, the house highest flippers, like yeah. on HDTV. HGTV, right. highest and best use of that property. Right. So again, you're taking something in its lowest and worst right. uh, shape and use right now uh-huh. and flipping it around. Mm-hmm. To its highest and best, and taking the profit. Okay, so we're going to take a call. We were just oh, told we got that a caller. We have a caller uh, calling in online. Hey, caller, how you doing? This is David. Uh, good morning, uh, Carl Koningsberg from Kalkaska. How are you, David? Good, doing well. Thanks for your calling, Carl. What can we help you with today? Kalkaska, well, Michigan. Kinda, right? I'm sorry. Kalkaska, Michigan. Ka- beautiful Kalkaska. Yeah, love it. Down is it here. snowing there yet, Carl? <laughs> Uh, you know what? I always say, if it wasn't for the weather, Michigan would be perfect. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. So what was it, Carl, that you were asking? Well, it's pretty funny. You're talking about house flipping, and uh, you started the show talking about wills and trust. And, you know, me and a couple of my buddies, we invest together, and we actually combine those two. <laughs> I've got a guy who actually combs uh, the obituaries. Huh. And uh, we do, you know, some research based on the names and title search and all that other stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, we do all right. We talk about, you know, people without wills and trusts and fighting siblings who want to just get rid of the properties. And my question is, do you find it kind of ghoulish to do this? You know, go ahead, Dylan. Well, Halloween is coming. Um, here's how I look at good it, Carl. Good question, Carl. Uh, I've got a pretty big heart. I'm not a very good manager of people or of tenants, which is why I don't have a lot of uh, uh, rentals right now. But most of the time, by the by the time these folks are going to call you, unless you're door knocking them or really seeking them out, if you're mailing them or even, even if you're cold calling them and they call you back, um, I think you're solving a problem for them. And as long as you have their you know, you, you can always have your best interests in mind. And I call it head chopping. I was taught a long time ago that when you – Take a person and chop their head off. You can never make money with them again. But if you have a fair deal and you look at from their perspective first and make them happy, in turn, it has to work because you can't just buy a house just because someone passed away. Mm -hmm. So I think if you have their best interests in mind, I I don't see a problem with it because if they're going to to dispose of the property one way or the other anyways, if you make it easy for them and fair, they need you. I mean, that, that lends that whole idea of ghoulish, which, which really goes back to the beginning of, you know, the public perception of wholesaling and house flipping. Sure. But it does, it solves a need. It's, again, economic Darwinism. Darwinism. Somebody needs that money to be able to move on with their lives. Right. So uh, I don't find it, you know, ghoulish. I do find, however, that people, uh, there are a lot of, newer investors or i guess there are certain investors out there who've been doing a long time who aren't professional 
who you know roll over people who treat people unfairly oh. and um that's what gives you know them a bad name and creates a lot of actually creates problems for them in the future especially uh, legal problems because absolutely if, because if a, a seller oh, doesn't oh and yeah go ahead i i, I was going to say we're very very careful we you know yes are we looking for opportunities where people are looking to let's just say wrap up the probate process sure. and just you know, be done as they property. always tell me. But but you know I've got uh, we we have our group of friends here. We've got an attorney. Everything is above board. Nobody is you know looking to nickel and dime. We we come in with an offer and it's either accepted or it's not accepted. Right. And uh, it's 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 turned out to be quite quite lucrative. I'll tell you that much. Good. I'm glad to hear but, that. But but I also want to say something. You know I I. First time caller, I've been listening to your for a while. I like your show. It's conversational without being condescending. Like so many shows like this could be like, oh, I'm talking to you like a four-year-old. Uh-huh. Well, thank you. I, thank I, you. But, yeah. but if I may make one comment, there was a time I was watching online listening. I paused the show. I had a phone call. And, you know, you know what it's like when a Jewish mother calls you. It might take a lot of time. Right, but, right, uh, right. You know, but so when I pressed play again, I found the show didn't pick up where I paused. It forward to where it was, and you guys may want to take a look at doing something about that. Okay. okay. Well, it, it it does run live typically, so that's probably why that happened. We are live right now with you, so right. Isn't that great? Carol? Oh, <laughs> that is great. I, I, I kind of got goosebumps being on the air, but thank you for taking my call, guys. Have oh, a great. All right, Carl. Thank you. you. Take care. Thank you, Carl. Take care. Um, you know, Carol brought up a really interesting. Point. A couple, several, uh, to think about. <laughs> but uh, one of the one of the items I would share with, well, actually, not even share with you, but I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. instead. Probate's not the only way that you find, uh, you know, willing sellers. No, I could go through a list of about 40 different ways to find willing sellers. Um, that's why there there is uh, a lot of room out there. You know, I've been running the RIA of Macomb since 2006. Right. Mm-hmm. I will sit here and tell everyone who's watching and listening, and this is being recorded, so you can watch it forever, um, exactly what I do, how I do it, where I find my lists, how when I sit with sellers for four hours to help them get over their issues, figure out their problems, find my buyers, find my money, mm-hmm. it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be able to copy what I do. So a lot of folks out there don't don't want to go through that much work. So it takes a lot of work to find opportunities, especially in a seller's market. So right. you can do probate. The big one is driving for dollars. I've got a lot of people who want to get into real estate, and they haven't started yet. They don't have the funds. They don't have all the knowledge. Mm. They don't have their attorney for their power team. That's mm. why they call David Sobel. Oh, don't call unless you have a property, though. So, I, I like people with power teams, but... So I'll have folks who are out there um, driving around different neighborhoods, and they'll send me addresses, and, and sometimes I'll look into those houses. You can also look into uh, you know, uh, uh, just so many different ways to find properties that may have a, a bit of an issue, non-owner-occupied, vacant, uh, bad rentals, mm-hmm. overgrown bushes, mm-hmm. water shutoffs, mm-hmm. back taxes, mm-hmm. pre-foreclosure. The list goes on. Right. There, there's probably 250 properties that I'm marketing at any given time just in Metro Detroit. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm happy to share. Right. But the other thing is that you, you mentioned earlier, you said, well, I sit, sit down on average four hours uh, sometimes to do a deal. And people think that when you hear house flipping, wholesaling, that's like immediate gratification. Oh, no. It is truly cultivation and generating Absolutely. a relationship with 
your your prospect. You, I, yeah, I like you have to term. you have to learn a sales process. I've been in retail sales for many many years, sat with great sales trainers. Some who've passed on now, and they have wisdom that I don't think anyone in the new generation has. Mm-hmm. I'm just old school like that. Mm-hmm. There, there's one specific person who teaches you how to buy houses. Actually, as a trainer, his name's John Martinez with Midwest Revenue Group. He is, uh, in my opinion, one of the best selling. Um, sales trainers that I've ever seen in my in my 20 years in sales. Mm-hmm. So you can always seek out people like that. But if you're not a people person, then you you belong in the courthouse steps just trying to pick up deals or right. making offers on the MLS mm-hmm. or chasing pre-foreclosures. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you can create a relationship with a seller and truly help them, like what we talked about with Carl, mm-hmm. then you deserve to make some money also because you're helping them basically get out of a, an issue that they don't want to be in anymore. Right. You have to deal with the public. It, it, it is a people business. I mean, 100% right. people business. Right. If, you can, if you can talk to people and solve their issues and help them be done, as they always tell me, the money will follow. You can call myself. You can call David. You can probably call Carl if you've right. got a great deal. Right. Somebody will find the money. And, and the young people, when I say young, I, just young in the business, both men and women, when they come to RIA, you know, they always tell me, well, I don't know where to start. I don't have private money. I don't have deals. And I say, if you were walking down the street and saw a brand new um, Corvette for sale for $10,000, most of us don't have ten grand in our pocket, but I guarantee within an hour you could find ten grand for a $90,000 car. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with real estate. Right. And you have to be able to talk to people. It's really interesting, too. I always, I always equate it to uh, a number of plates, like a circus, a number mm-hmm. of plates in the area. Remember the lady who's spinning all the oh, plates? Oh, sure. It's not just one item that you have to do to be successful in oh, the business. No. And like in any business, there's a lot of things, uh, uh, levers and, and pulleys that you sure. have to maneuver to be able to get to the end game. And so it's especially by far in real estate. The, the most difficult type of transaction to do in residential real estate, in mm-hmm. my opinion, is, mm-hmm. is wholesaling. Because you have to be a concierge to the buyer, mm-hmm. the seller. Mm-hmm. If you do need money and you don't have any, you have to find a source for funds. Right. You have to understand how title works, like right. David said. Mm-hmm. I've been working with the same title company for close to 20 years. Right. So when I call, they answer. Right. You have to also deal with uh, a number of real estate professionals besides the title Absolutely. company. You may run into a real estate agent, right? Home who inspections. Want, right. Home inspector. But I'm getting back to, let's say you're dealing with a family the who wants to sell a home. Yeah. It's somebody who wants to interfere and be able to get of the course. commission. And I mean, there's a lot of, it's like playing hockey or, or you know basketball, trying to get, get into the end zone like football. To get there, you have to go through a lot of oh, people. Oh, sure. I've, you know? I've had attorneys step in just not right before. Just recently, yeah, yeah. and I, I was buying a house um, in Sterling Heights, Michigan from a lady who's down in Florida, originally from Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was English, and uh, I think I was seven or 10000 more than the guy that the, um, the investor that mm-hmm. the, her probate attorney brought to her. Mm-hmm. But I was offering almost 10000 more. Right. So I found that strange that she would choose to deal with someone else for less money. Right. I mean, but there's so many different things it, that motivate people. It's so hard people. to know. Right. What impacts so, your deal. She had a great relationship with her with her probate attorney. He right. had a great relationship with this investor. Right. They didn't know me. They didn't know if my proof of funds was real. Sure. So she chose to go with who she trusted. Right. And again, talking about Carl, it's right. who you trust. Right. In the end, it's all about trust. Absolutely. All right. So uh, you want to take us out? Yeah. So again, Real Estate Realities, we're talking about how to wholesale properties. We're on new radio media, and we'll be back in a flash. As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. If radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses, I've got an answer for you. New Radio Media. 
With live streaming and on-demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999. What do you do when you discover something great? Well, you tell your friends and family about it, right? Well, that's exactly how Lake Michigan Credit Union became the largest credit union in Michigan. With one of the highest checking account rates in the nation and guaranteed low mortgage rates, word is spreading fast about Lake Michigan Credit Union. Earn more when you save, pay less when you borrow. Lake Michigan Credit Union, the best place for your money. Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our 9 and Dine special, 9 holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at maplelanegolf.com. Hi, I'm Art, and we're the crew at Tuffy Walled Lake. We've been in Walled Lake for 20 years, and through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction, we've become quite the cornerstone in our community and to our discerning customers statewide. We know how important your vehicle is to you, and we take pride in our impeccable, affordable service, and we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can. Please stop in and see why everybody comes from all over to get their car serviced at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Wald Lake. See, practice makes perfect, Dylan. Yeah, for those of you who are watching, if you just saw that commercial, the chubby man and the tutu, that's that's how it works. That's that's traditional law. We love it. What can I tell you? Hey, so we're back. Dave Sobel, Dylan Tanaka, New Radio Media, and Real Estate Reality. So I got a reality question for yeah. you. What happens when your deal that you just purchased, mm-hmm. uh, you've done all this work, you're now at the title company, you close it, oh. And which is the first the first yeah. time at the title company is the problem, not the second. Right. That's my favorite <laughs> on the same deal, right? Right. That's that's actually that's uh, very problematic. Then you have to sit there and stop, drop, and roll, as we say. You're smoothing Absolutely. out the problems. Uh, that second time then is kind of a little bit more uh, concerning, right? Like right. getting them back to the table. But what happens when you get them back to the table? You close the deal. Great. Mm-hmm. Now your buyer, your end buyer, your investor, the guy who we're going to flip this property to, and it does happen because I've had calls on it, doesn't show up, doesn't doesn't fulfill their commitment. Well, there's a couple different ways to look at it. Um, when I'm purchasing, I'm not always just purchasing, purchasing to resell immediately mm-hmm. uh, because, again, like you said, I've been through this sometimes. Right. So um, there's a way to do closings where someone is actually your buyer, my end buyer is actually buying that house right at that closing. I've never had someone not show up for that one because I have long-standing relationships, and we talked about $400 lunches. Right. They, they go a long way. So that hasn't happened to me. Now, a promise mm-hmm. that a week later another guy is going to buy it from me for just, say, $10,000 more, mm-hmm. and I don't advertise it. I don't pre-advertise it. I don't use my network. I've got thousands and thousands of investors on my on my 
personal email list mm-hmm. because I've been running the RIA for so long. Right. Been here in Metro Detroit real estate. Um, so what happens, and this just happened to me recently, I, I put a lady under contract to sell her house as an investor. I explained everything to her. She was offered 125 She said, I really want to net out around 140 I said, well, you're really a lot closer at that 125 but let's mm-hmm. give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So I tried it for a couple weeks. I couldn't, I couldn't move it for some odd reason, so I told her, hey, listen, um, part of the reason I couldn't move it was because the first investor that saw it told me he was taking it. We did all the paperwork, mm-hmm. and he basically backed out. Okay, so let's go back for a minute. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that wholesaling is that you actually have to close on the deal. There are a lot of people, a lot of real estate investors, what they'll do is they'll tie up the property. Correct. And that's really a more preferred way. Sure. Uh, and you're tying up the property with the first seller, and then you're marketing the property to— You're marketing you know, the, actually and, the contract to right. look at it legally. That's right. So and you're not you're not marketing, marketing the property. property as right. That's correct. You're putting the contract out there correct. that you can sell it for a higher amount, and that's you're making the spread. Right. Okay. That creates a lot of problems for real estate investors. Absolutely. Okay. What's a what would be the number one reason? The number one reason is transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you start in business and and you hear all these you have like all these crazy things coming at you again. You know, I'm I'm 20 years in, so I was learning in book through books at the library. So you <laughs> when they have, had libraries, when they had libraries, yeah, I didn't have all have these libraries. YouTube videos and mm-hmm. all these um, pseudo 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 gurus. Pseudo, yeah, we call it stink like guru. Uh-huh. So um, you know the gurus stink. Uh-huh. So here's what they tell you. They come out of California and they're like, David, you can do this, 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 this. Yeah. You you just shared with me you were going through a uh, purchase agreement for an investor who right. wants to do what I do. Right. And he got his PA purchase agreement from a guru. Mm-hmm. And you said, here, throw that one out and use mine. That's been right. time tested right. over 25, 20 some years of right. business and real estate in Michigan specific right. for investors. Right. So it's okay because you have to learn somewhere, but you have to be transparent. And going back to that story, I explained to my seller what I was going to do. Mm. I, I, I lost my traction because I believed the first person. When, when it was time for him to go and put a deposit, he didn't go and put the deposit down. So I, sh- I kind of shoved off other investors, guys and girls right. who buy. They'd already purchased that week. So I actually ended up just turning it around and listing it for because I am a broker. Mm. So I did get it sold, right. 100% transparent. Right. We ended up selling it for 150 She netted out 143 Instead of 125, right. I'm still a hero. She gave right. me a testimonial. She wants me to help her with some other things, right. and uh, she's got some challenges with a with a special needs daughter and things right. we won't go into. Uh-huh. But it felt good to get it done, sure. and, and I still got paid for it. Right. But you know, she told me when when should I cry? Should yeah. I cry at the closing, or should I cry now that you told me how much I'm going right. to make more than what was promised to me by another investor? And did you tell her cry at the closing? I told her to cry during the testimonial, so everyone oh. <laughs> sees what, what kind of a great guy I am. Yeah, no. if you're doing the video, but you know, it's not closed until it closes, right? So Ab- if she if she cried when she just got the offer, that would not do. Well, that's the real second time I right. talk about oh. going to a title company. Uh-huh. When I purchase the home, or when an investor purchases the home, it's exciting. We finally get there. It's this, it's this big ordeal, mm-hmm. and now you're stuck with it. So again. Mm-hmm. What if you don't sell? So, David, let's talk about um, myself. You've seen my contracts. We've done business together. Mm-hmm. When a new investor or, or someone even who's been in business a long time, if they put a house under contract, they end up closing it, and they're supposed to have a buyer a week later, and mm-hmm. they've borrowed funds for, let's just say, seven or ten days, mm-hmm. and then the buyer does back out, mm-hmm. what happens to that investor who, who borrowed the money from a lender? What can happen? Well, I mean, I'd have to see their documents, of sure. course. But, you know, the provisions are, you. first of all, I would say you have to pay. Whatever, you know, during that time frame. Oh, absolutely. Right? You got to pay. I don't know if it's a short-term loan. 
Typically, they're very. Let's just say it's short term, like thirty days, because we see that a lot right. in this business. And who are you borrowing from? That you got to be careful who you're borrowing. Um, from. You're either going to borrow from, <laughs> from some, a legitimate investor, yeah, some kind of a, uh, a strange um, hard money company who's probably oh. institutional yeah, that's charging sure. points and, and a rate, or it mm-hmm. may be a single person like me who says, "Okay, I want five and fifteen, and mm-hmm. you have thirty days, and if mm-hmm. you don't close, mm-hmm. I'm foreclosing on you, and right. you owe me triple what what I lent to you." Right. Well, I mean. I don't really see people do that uh, that I do, often. I do. Yeah. Well, I hear the I hear the horror stories because they come to me and say, sure. "Can you can you help me sell this thing?" Right. Well, those are unscrupulous investors. Number one, the, I mean, l- the lenders. The lenders. Are saying, I'm sure. sorry, the lenders. I mean, if you're if you're engaging in that contract or you're a little bit desperate to oh. do your deal or you're not knowledgeable enough, there are there are private lenders out there mm-hmm. who are much more tolerant. Uh, you know, and all fair. The, yeah. You just extend it uh, a month or two, and guess what? You may have a bump in the rate. You may have an extra uh, fee. A hard fee, as we a call it. A hard fee. But you're not, um, not going to lose the property. You know, I, honestly, I don't know any lender who wants the property unless it's amazing. Uh, or, or if they're just a super shark who really, right. who really took advantage of the, the, the investor. investor. The Those are not investor. knowledgeable investors. You know, what do they say? They want the VIG. They want the interest. Sure. Lenders want the interest. And, it, you know... I lend, uh, you know, as you know, and I deal with contracts, uh, lending contracts every day. But uh, when you start saying, well, geez, we're going to take the property back or I've gotten a deed in lieu, uh, you know, there are lenders who do that. They take back the deed. You know, you can expect if you want to be in court. Right. You know, you can go to court. There might be a violation of of usury laws in Michigan. Right. um, uh, which is a is a very good defense, um, you know, when you're trying to fight a contract and fighting a right. lender. But these are not regulated lenders. No, and I've seen most investors just back out and they'll hand the property over because they're so scared. They weren't ready to get in the in the transaction. Yeah. They didn't have their power team. This is when they do need the attorney mm-hmm. and spend a few to several hundred sure. sending it through David the first, second, third, fourth, fifth time sure. even yeah, because you're you're going to protect them. Right. The thing is, is that you shouldn't be de- – look at Non-regulated investors, okay. Excuse me, non-regulated lenders. Yes. Um, you should definitely look at their contract. And the only time I'm getting a deal after, a, you know, only time I'm getting a case after a deal closes, where it's you know, uh, a lot of uh, consternation, a lot mm-hmm. of um, uh, disagreement, is that type of situation. Sure. And you're going to end up going to court. So a lender who's uh, more legitimate, let's say, I'm trying to use the right words, that lender, a good lender is not going to call the note due within 30 days. Right. Okay. They're going to, they may take, you know, they have the leverage. They may say, well, to extend it, we're going to take an additional uh, two points or something like that. They're going to want something for it. Oh yeah. Typically. But you know what? From my standpoint, I'd want to know that going in. So when a, a private guy comes to me, a wholesaler, a flipper, and usually they are less experienced, I want to know how is the loan being extended? Where are the extension terms right in that agreement? And then I've had one where um, I had one where it was like thirty-two hundred buck extension mm. uh, after a ninety-day period. Okay. Well, when you add that with the interest rate and everything else on this one deal, it, it's over twenty-five percent. Okay, and it's usurious. Right. Okay. So you can say to the client, we're not going to do this. I just did one in Clarkston, actually, uh, which had its own, it's had its own uh, implications, uh, where the people were buying a, uh, a fixer-upper, and it was being seller-financed. Well, the seller had a rate that came out to, or the monthly payment was higher than 11%. 
Uh-oh. Okay, it was land contract. Land contracts have sure. a high a cap at 11%. The problem with this deal was, uh, you know, they would have gone in and just continued paying the, the higher monthly payment, mm-hmm. not realizing the 11%, and they had to get the deal done within uh, 120 days. Had Let's say they defaulted. They did have a deed in lieu. But they would have never known what their defense was, which was right there, which was you were charging more than 11% sure. interest rate. And a deed in lieu um, from, yeah. from a street investor standpoint basically says uh, the lender will basically take title to the property like that if right. anything goes wrong, right. which isn't necessarily the legal way for it to happen. But they arm bar the, the person borrowing the money mm-hmm. and scare them into knowing that if you don't pay me, I'm taking this back immediately. I'm not right. foreclosing, all right. that other stuff you have to go through. Right. And they're just taking the deed to right. the property back. Property rights, you know, if you have an issue, you have property rights. Sure. And even, cannot, as a, even as an investor, as an investor who borrowed money from that's a, correct. a private lender. That's correct. Okay. You have property rights. You own the property. And if, you're, if there's something that is, you know, unscrupulous or appears to be unscrupulous, you should see seek out an attorney. Because, look, you put all this effort into obtaining the property, right. doing all the work. Why should you give it up? And nobody wants to go to court. I mean, most people want to resolve things. So, so the you, lender you, should be calling their attorney or you also because well, they, I deal they may with be, I represent lenders, yeah, and, they, they but good be, good lenders and good investors. They may be you know. charging usurious rate and and not knowing it. Well, by right. the time you look at all the points and we kind of look at templates. Fees. Yeah, we look at templates and then they use those templates. You know, we say sure. this is the type of transaction document you need right. to be using. Don't do anything other than this. And if you change it, call me. Right. So or rate they, they want to add something that that right. makes sense to them and doesn't really affect it. I guess you know you, right. you guys can do that. But but long <laughs> and short of it, yeah, it's always better. You know, uh, uh, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Sure. Right. And it's the same in in law. What's, what are you laughing at? Uh, just the, the pay me now, pay me later. Yeah, That's what, one thing. of my old attorneys always yeah. says that. He says, yeah. pay me now to mm-hmm. look at it This is uh, years ago or mm-hmm. pay me later when something went wrong and it's always more later than now. Yeah, so, which is fine. It's keep, a gift that keeps on giving, yeah, Dylan. Right. But, but that's okay. It's human nature. I will share with you, uh, going back to the, our original, you know, the beginning of our conversation about, you know, how does wholesaling look uh, mm-hmm. to the general public or house flipping? It looks a little seedy or swarmy. But you know what? When you own that property... Regardless of how you got it, I'm, I'm encouraging people only to do the right thing when they're getting a property, right? But you are now the owner of that property. And until somebody says you're not... You're the king. You're, that's they right. They have to and knock you off your throne. Exactly. And if they're going to try and knock you off, you know, don't take it lying down. Sure. Stand get up. up. Stand up and you'll get it resolved. Most right. people want to resolve their deal. They do not want to be in litigation. Again, I think it goes goes along with the whole transparency. There's a there's a speaker um, or, or a real estate guy. He's not a speaker, and, and he talks about being a truth teller and a truth mm. seeker. Who's that? Um, his name's Tom Kroll. He's mm. uh, he's with Wholesaling Inc. I'm not a part of the group, but uh-huh. he has a great podcast if you want to learn pod, um, wholesaling. There's like 200 episodes. They're all free. Uh-huh. But think about that. Being a truth, this is just good in life and in business, but being a truth teller and truth seeker. Mm -hmm. If you always tell the truth, especially when you're with a seller, because a seller would never lie to you about a bad sewer line. Right. And you look him (laughs) in the eyes, he's got to be a very, very good liar. Uh If you say, hey, I've showed you everything that I'm going to do. I've lifted up the kimono, as they say. Uh What aren't you telling me here? And a lot of them can't look you in the eyes. So you know you have to be very careful. Maybe you need to get a home inspection. Yeah, I I think you always need one. But I know in your business it's hard sometimes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if I'm wearing a kimono, then usually I I, I don't have to get a home inspection. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You want to take it out? Yeah. So, again, new radio media, uh, real estate realities. We'll be back right after this commercial break.
Advertising your business these days can be challenging. Traditional radio and TV ads are expensive and frankly, a bit of a crapshoot. Not to mention, the audience for over-the-air material is shrinking as more and more of us demand to see and hear what we want, when we want. Advertising on new radio media is a solution. With our live streaming programs that are also available on demand, your message is always ready when your customers are ready to watch and listen, all for a fraction of what you'd likely have been paying for other ads. NewRadioMedia.com. Call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999 for more information. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, PodQuesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sweeping adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, PodQuesters. See you there. Lake Michigan Credit Union believes in the power of home. The power to dream and to make that dream a reality. The power to grow and put down roots. The power to call any place you want home. Guaranteed low mortgage rates turn renters into homeowners, growing pains into growing gains, and silver anniversaries into golden years. LMCU believes in the power of home. I played the drums in that one, Dylan. I like for uh, yeah for for serious problems. the The last thing I like getting is a let a hand addressed envelope from a law firm because uh-huh. every time I open, I'm like, okay, what's going on now? Right. So, well, welcome back. This is yeah. Dave Sobel, New Radio Media, and uh, I'm with Dylan Tanaka on Real Estate Realities. This is our final segment. Thank you for joining us. And we had some really. This was a great conversation. But I want to kind of change the conversation yeah. to. More or less, if this is your business, how are you keeping track of all this? What are, what are you Ooh. doing? What apps? What what programs? I mean, you're using uh, technology, I'd take Absolutely. it, to do all this So stuff, right? I can name off a whole bunch of them. Uh-huh. Um, for my, my customer attention management, I used a, a, an app or actually a system called Investor Fuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I use the on-carat websites like we talked about for yeah. buying and selling. Uh-huh. Uh, more for productivity, I use a, a fun one. It's called Pomodoro Timer. Right. So I'm... Uh, I'm crazy, and I like to work a lot. Uh, I'm lucky that I'm able to do that. And well, I you enjoy what, I what you do, right? I, yeah, I really do. It's not really work. Every morning I wake up, I'm super excited to get started. Mm-hmm. So Pomodoro, You're insufferable. I am. The Pomodoro <laughs> timer, um, it goes off every 25 minutes. You're supposed right. to do jumping jacks or be right. crazy, and it kind of resets, resets you physically and mentally. I use a standing desk, too. I don't yeah, sit. I have a um, standing desk, too. And then for some of my, you know, I'm a, I'm a Mac, I'm, I'm an Apple guy, uh-huh. and a lot of people aren't. So just using their 
apps and trying to share things doesn't work in mm-hmm. the you know in other ecosystems uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately uh-huh. so i used an app called todoist that's my to-do yeah. list yeah uh, it syncs with another one slow called... down dylan okay really... so the the todoist is basically okay. just a to-do list that right. you can share mm-hmm. and it works across multiple platforms so you mm-hmm. can give people things to do there's a checklist multiple people can click it off right and then that connects to an app called twist app and that's where i try to have communications it's very sim- similar to slack mm-hmm. except i believe the community uh the functionality is better uh-huh. so instead of just sending regular emails mm-hmm. if you have a serious question about how something works uh-huh. you save it in here and it becomes an faq for uh-huh. the next person so they don't have to ask you that question oh that's cool so you always have good stuff i mean i about still, you me i use um uh notepad just See? kidding perfect no. <laughs> you know that little notepad yeah, text so, app uh, text right. app right? no i use um well i use a crm for almost everything i do sure. uh insightly um which may or may not you know every every, every type of crm there's the infusion soft there's so many different oh yeah uh things i kind of keep my stuff separate but um i like uh wonderlist because yeah, i know a lot of people know, that you've won- use i like wonderlist uh, for my to-do because within that list you can write tons of notes and you can share that it's the same idea mm-hmm. i mean you have to have a to-do, to-do list uh app absolutely and um I, my other app you know, I don't do the Pomodoro. I don't need an app for that because around every 40 minutes, I'm up. You know, I, I do around, around. Yeah, I move yeah. around. I'm standing up. Uh, in the morning, I stand at my desk. And in the afternoon, I'm sleeping at my desk. No, right. I'm, I sit down. <laughs> but uh, I think my my favorite app um, really is going to be Wonderlist. And I think uh, Insightly. I, I'm, I use a law firm uh, app as well, sure. Cosmolex, which uh, keeps track of which is law firm specific. Law, law firm specific. It keeps track of uh, hourly, you know, the hourly work. Um, you know, most of my stuff is flat fee or, uh, well, really, you know, by project. Sure. Uh, but when I do an hourly litigation, hourly, you have to keep good track of that. Of you course. have to deal with escrows, et cetera. But everything comes now. Most of these larger apps come with a CRM. Mm-hmm. You know. It's it's really which one fits you better and yeah. you're comfortable using. There's Follow a, up is the most important though. There's a couple um, brain dump apps I love to use is MindMeister. That's mind mapping, right. but it's taken to the next level. Google bought it, and uh. it's a couple bucks a month for the uh, the higher version, and it's amazing what you can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, because for those of us who are entrepreneurs, who right. you know, those who are listening, you know that we're crazy. We come up with all these ideas. And then there's one called Kanban Flow, which is kind of a Japanese thing. And you can drop all your projects that you want to get going. Yeah. And then there's different columns to say, here's what you have to do to start on each. So I just right. brain dump what I want to do mm-hmm. and then raise the most important one to the top and kind of start breaking it out from there. Then you need an app to keep track of all these Correct. apps. I mean, the, the problem with this is like app a- ADD. You Absolutely. Know? You're all over so the place. So you try and keep it more simple. I found that. Like, like I said, Wonderlist has so many different benefits. Most of my stuff is, you know, uh, like we do a monthly newsletter, mm-hmm. and it's more than just one or two pages. It's six to eight pages. Right, that's a lot. And there's a lot of uh, thought that goes into it. So, you know, it keeps track of not just the to-do part, but then you can put in your notes. Sure. And um, then it's you can nice share to have it, it all, all in one. Yeah, it's also nice when you have people, your coworkers, are able to be technologically advanced and feel comfortable right. with their stuff too. You all know. these millennials are, so right. we just oh, have yeah. to hi- keep hiring yeah. younger. And then they yell at us. They're like, "Why are you using Notepad?" Right, Notepad was a joke. I, I mean, know. I don't do Notepad, uh, but you know, apps are in Evernote. I will tell you, I use Evernote. Actually, a lot of these overlap. Right. Right. Yeah, I used to use Evernote myself. Yeah. I just moved what off the, of it for yeah. for whatever reason. Um, 
And and really quick for those folks who are listening that are interested in learning how to get started wholesaling, we right. forgot to say this sure. month at the Ria of Macomb, which is this coming Thursday, doors mm-hmm. open at six p.m. So that's August thirtieth. We're going to be talking about how to get started wholesaling. And I think David may be in attendance. We don't know for sure yet, but I'll be actually speaking on the topic. Uh-huh. So if you are interested in learning how to do it, come on it's out a, and It's see a us. great group, I, you know, mentoring and uh, joining other people, like-minded people. Absolutely. Uh, of all different skill levels is so important. Super to, important. I know, just spend thousands and thousands in yeah. another state to do it. And right. I came away with some some big some big takeaways. Yeah, and I can see you're really a, energized. You know, they say that when you go to you're much more energized today than you usually are. Well, it's because it's just you and I. Oh, okay. Well, no, we we no. miss a meal. I know. I'm kidding. We, we uh, miss shout a meal. out He's to a meal yeah. and uh, Lake Michigan Lake Credit, Michigan Credit, Credit Union, Union, the greatest lender of all right. time. Right. So number one purchase money mortgage lender. Correct. Okay. Anyone's looking to finance their home or have any questions, look up our uh, our broadcast partner, yeah. Emil Israeloff. Right. So um, yeah, I'll be at the. I, I'm going to try and be at the. Rio. You know, okay. I'm a fair weather friend sometimes in the okay. summer, but. Uh, Looking forward to it. It's always good. There's there's some amazing venues over in um, in North Warren. So uh, you know it, it's it's hard to skip. <laughs> there's a good restaurant there. Nancy and I usually hit. I won't plug it yet. Uh, but anyway, so um, yeah. Listen, what we'll do uh, next week? I don't know who we're having on just at this point, but uh, we'll put it on the related. website. Yeah, we have a Facebook page too uh, that Emil generated. It's uh, New Radio Media. It's called Real Estate Realities. Correct. And um, we appreciate everybody joining us. It was a great topic today, Dylan. It was a wealth of knowledge as, uh, as usual. So uh, this is Real Estate Realities signing off. David Sobel and Dylan Tanaka. <laughs>